Welcome to the Explosion Network's exploration of Studio Ghibli. Each week we'll be discussing one of the films from within the library of the celebrated animation studio. This is Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders. Hello, my name is Dylan Blight and joining me to discuss today's animated wonder is Ashley Hobley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here to talk about the tales of the princess of Little Bamboo. You know what? Yeah, you got it. There you go. Take a spin on it. Don't say the full title yet. That's my job. Also here, Karen Marchant. Um, this, you know, just, just squeezing my way out of this bamboo shoot over here. It's fine. Just give me, give me a second. I'll be good. I'm good. I'm regular, good. regular Monday. Yep. Um, today... We are talking about the tale of Princess Kaguya, Kaguya, or um, Kaguya is how the YouTube video, when I looked up how to pronounce it, Kaguya. And like, here's how Americans say it, Kaguya. Here's how Australians say it, Kaguya. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, so it was directed by Say Takahata, written by him as well. Uh, his last film before he passed away, uh, 2018, I think is mm-hmm. when he passed away. Yeah. Uh, May cast, Aki. Asakakura, Asakakura, Kengo Kora, Takio Chi, Nobuko Miyamoto, Atsuki Takahata. It was released in 2013. The synopsis for the film is found inside a shining stalk of bamboo by an old bamboo cutter and his wife. A tiny girl grows rapidly into an exquisite young lady. The mysterious young princess enthralls all who encounter her, but ultimately she must confront her fate, the punishment for her crime. Dun, dun, dun. That sounds so much more sinister than that actually was. Uh, Ash, how do you feel about this one? I really liked it. Um, Like a lot of these ones towards the end, they go a little bit long at certain points. Uh, it does this drag. is the longest Ghibli movie. Yes, it does drag a little towards the like third act. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it overall. I really, I think this is, uh, the best work that, uh, Takahata has done. And it feels like the culmination of all his work previously. Like if this is the film he ends on, it feels like a progression to this point because he continues that art style that he used in, uh, my neighbor, the Yamadas and does something really cool with it. And yeah, I really like it. Karen. Um, I, I, th- I, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I struggled to get through this movie. Like it was, a, it was long, but I think I just couldn't get used to the art style. Like a lot, like I had the problems with Yamadas. Like I just couldn't get used to the art style of it. I still appreciate a lot of the characters and stuff. It was just, I, I just never felt like I could just let myself get lost in what was actually going on in the movie and to have my full attention to it. I. I enjoyed this. I really, I really, really liked this. I thought it was quite good. Um, I'll agree that it probably didn't need to be as long as it needed to be. Some scenes, again, kind of went longer than necessary sort of thing that could have been chopped down to at least a little bit to help it out, but I enjoyed it. And also I'd say that I guess it does have a similar art style to the Yamadas, like the minimalistic type thing. But I, de- I definitely feel like this, this has a lot... Mm, I don't know how to say because I I don't even feel like this is minimalist in a lot of ways. Like it's it's fully drawn, but it's got that 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 storybook feel. Whereas yeah. y- Yamada's did feel properly minimalist, like a lot yeah. more 
missing and just there was barely a, what there was necessary. Like entire like white blank spots, like there was in Yamadas, where just whole sections of the screen were just not used. I think that there were there were full scenes and everything. I just think it was because of like the that kind of Japanese art style, like watercolor style. It was just yeah. a little bit yeah jarring for me to watch. So as well, yeah, I I I quite enjoy it. I, I think it's obviously jarring when you start it up and you it takes your brain a minute or so to either get used to it or not get used to it. And then I didn't really think about it ever again. You know, I'm I'm watching the movie now, kind of thing. But when you do start it up, you're like, this is. He's in the forest there cutting the bamboo, and you see the princess coming. You're like, not only is everything happening on the screen at the moment, quite odd, but the art style is also yeah. <laughs> different. So it, it's a whole package of the first five to ten minutes of the movie. Your brain's like adjusting, yeah, got to get you adjusting to everything that's happening on my screen at and the moment because there's a lot weird, going on. Weird child. <laughs> yes, that just uh, grows miraculously, rapidly, rapidly um, then out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It's, this is honestly, um, I wouldn't feel super, like, I, I feel like this is one of those films where it's like, oh, it requires two watches. Because by the time I got to the end, I was like, I feel like I get it somewhat, but also I feel like I've, I've missed a lot or maybe I'd appreciate it more on a second watch knowing where it's going, you know, like, you know how some movies when you know where it ends up, you can kind of just focus on focus in a bit better and pay attention to certain themes and stories and characters a bit more without especially with something like this that's so weird at times and you're like your brain's constantly being kind of rattled around to keep up so um but overall i thought it was really good i wouldn't say it's it's obviously ash hates grave of the fireflies but i'd still say that grave of the fireflies is um takahata's best film i would put i would put this at second probably in my opinion I don't want to lock that in because I'm not like locking in my list yet, but off the top of my head, probably second. Unless I go back. Oh, maybe third, actually. Maybe third. Maybe third now that I'm thinking about it. But it was quite good. <laughs> um, so thematic breakdown. Uh, I put, in what could have been the end of Studio Ghibli, it was poetic that they told their first Japan, uh, the first Japanese story. Um, put down that it's a feminist film. Parenthood, your wishes versus theirs. And then loss saying goodbye. So, like to focus in on that first point, for, uh, it's when I Googled, you know, yeah. the movie, you find out it's based on the whatever the official title is the, the Tale of tale the Bamboo of the, Cutter. Yeah. And then you look at that, you look that up, and that is what is credited, cited, whatever, as the first told Japanese fictional or not fictional, what, what, like tale, the first fictional tale out of japan or however you want to go about it so mm. it, it definitely would have been interesting because at the point when they were making this movie it was like this is his last film um miyazaki was working on what was supposed to be his last film in a lot of ways it seemed like the company was gonna just kind of end close and if this was the closing chapter of ghibli it, it would have been certainly interesting that uh one of japan's biggest most successful if not the biggest and most successful uh, storytelling animation company to come out of Japan ended their run telling what is Japan's first story. So that's quite interesting. And it's worth pointing out that although this is based on that tale, I read through the um, general synopsis and whatever, there's obviously a lot of changes yes. made for this, uh, different things along the line, uh, most prominently to do with what I would say my second point was, which is that I would consider this a uh, quite 
feminist film, especially when it plays into the the main character, the princess, and a lot of the movie deals with, you know, these men trying to buy her yes. <laughs> affection and all this sort of stuff. Like it's 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 pretty I would say it's on the nose because that's sort of a bad term, but it's sort it's just very obvious with what's going on there and having her as the main character, I felt. Um and then the parenthood stuff is also, I feel, quite obvious. You know, another like freaking Studio Ghibli just hates parents. They're just like <laughs> parents are terrible people on a whole. Like they have like a couple shining lights throughout the Studio Ghibli kind of uh catalog, but or collection is probably a better word. But like mm. there's a lot of sucky parents in these movies. But the mum was nice. Do you want to call them do you think they're sucky parents though? Like I just think they make really poor decisions around their children. Well, th- I mean that's the interesting thing. What they literally think they're doing what is right, and the father continually is like, "Oh, thank God, Prince! The princess will finally be happy." Like he thinks everything he's doing is what's required of him to make his daughter happy. When the entire time she would have been just quite happy living where they started, which was mm-hmm. out in the country. Yes, and that's why it makes it so sad at the end of the movie where she meets up with the um, I can't remember his name, but so the good. country. Sakura, 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 or something along, yeah, something along those lines. Um, when she meets up with him, and she literally just straight up says, "I would have been happy with you." With like, there's no being the bush when she, Yeah, what? Sutimaru. Oh, Sutimura, Yeah. Um. She. Yeah. So there's no being around the bush when they they rip out a line like that, and you're like, "Yeah, you probably would have been. You probably just would have been happy if you lived out here this entire time." But it is that whole parents doing what they think is right for their kid it's, but refusing uh, to listen it's, to the child. It's the heavens not being more specific, you know? Well, maybe they shouldn't have been following what the shiny gold things out of the bamboo <laughs> said anyway. You know what I'm saying? These bloody robes. Who knows? Yeah, the, the robes were really what did it overall. And then um, the, the ending kind of just really sets up the, the overall theme, I guess. Although the ending's the thing I'm most sort of like. It's like it is the most downer ending of. Yeah. Well. Yeah, pretty much one of no, the most. No, it's not. It's not the most downer the ending of flies. any good uh, Studio Ghibli <laughs> film. <laughs> it is a super downer ending, though. And once again, it would have been interesting if the last Ghibli film was a super downer ending. That would have been Can, odd. Even in this movie, though, there was no signs of hope throughout it. Like, just everything was just, like, kind of ended badly or was not, like, the greatest of endings. Like, even to the point where in most traditional stories where they have the five men wooing, you'd have the last one be, like, come and do something different or change up the – be the right one. But no, he just flat out dies. Like he just flat out dies on his quest. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's like, so man, this this poor girl cannot catch a break. Like this is well, actually to be fair, horrible. She wasn't interested in any of them. So no, but you think if given the chance, you know, normally you'd turn around and you'd be, you know, what this last one's a swell guy. He's really d- done the right thing, and he isn't trying to lie to me or. You know, it'll work me down and I'll end up falling in love with him eventually. (laughs) He'll work me down. (laughs) Nope. He'll work, he'll grind away. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And eventually Mm -hmm. he'll 
<laughs> Shawshank Redemption. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what I was getting at. Okay, that's what he was getting at. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. No, she only, <laughs> she only had feelings for one man, and that was little country boy. Yeah, which makes it even like, is, it makes it even sadder. Like the whole thing is just, man, you just feel sorry for her, and then you find out that she like she a bit, she wanted she got exiled from the moon on purpose so she could live a mortal life on Earth, and she had that taken away from her because her father wanted her to live this kind of this princess of royal life that she just didn't want. Mm. yep so it's literally about a character who at all ends of the stick is getting pulled in several different directions which when you think back on the film they set up very early in the film where uh she first starts walking and then they have the scene where the kids are like little bamboo little bamboo little bamboo and she like starts running over to them and then there's uh the father behind and he's like princess 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 like complete opposite sorts of uh the complete opposite personality types and lives that she could have left is being yelled at for her from that scene and then of course she runs back to him but that scene is like he, he has to yell his heart out to get her to come to him yep. but that, that kind of just sets up him. the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah yeah pretty Seemed much like, yeah. lost his, his whole voice doing that but that scene is pretty much the the rest of the movie which is that it's just people pulling in her pulling her in different pulling directions and no one asking do, yeah. yeah and no one asks her ever in this whole movie like maybe her mother but like she doesn't get a say really yeah. in what goes down at all but other than her mother no one goes hey what do you want you know what do you what do you want to do um, and you can take that from, and that's tackled in several different angles. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's tackled in a, your parents never ask you what you want angle. It's, uh, the, the friends never ask her really what she wants. Her quote unquote friends ask, never really ask her what I want. Her potential suitors, romance lovers never really ask her what, what she wants. They just tell her what she would have wanted and what they would compare her to. And then they bring her fake versions of shit <laughs> objects because they think that's going to be perfectly fine. So yep. And then they can, and then also, I think the the best version of the suitor thing was um, the one where she switches out for the the mother, uh, the the mother, or was it the mother, or was it the like one of the one of the maids, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think. But uh, either yeah. way, she, it's just the the fact that he's like never seen her, only heard her voice and her play the instrument, and then he has this image in a head for what whenever i was watching this whole scene and then what happens next it just reminded me a lot of internet fuckboys today where, <laughs> <laughs> holy crap like in a lot of ways you know what i'm saying though like studio yeah. ghibli like, the origin of internet fuckboys <laughs> well you know like ima- imagine like a twitch streamer and as a girl and then she doesn't have like a cam and then you know the guys just fall in love with her personality and her voice you hear these stories happen. Why you twist your head? This is a thing that happens. It was, it, it can, mm-hmm. Like you hear heaps of stories like this mm-hmm. happening, and 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 then all of a sudden the equivalent is when she does a face cam reveal, but she switches in her quote unquote like less attractive, older, bigger mother. I don't think I've ever heard of that happening. To be perfectly honest, what people falling in love with? No, uh, no, no. Twitch streamers. The, the, Are you insane? The, the, <laughs> not to the extent. Have you looked you in Pokemon's chat? <laughs> Well, yeah, but have you seen Pokemon on webcam? Like, it's not like they haven't seen her. No, but I'm saying if people do that for people on cam, people, I've read 
plenty of um, well, no, I'm, I'm oh, there's white knights and simps and whatever they want to be called nowadays. They, yeah, yeah, they, whatever. I don't they, understand these words, but yeah, you know, um, there's always. I still don't understand what a simp is. People by the way. who like, simps, they're the, they're there to, to, to on the grind trying to give everything to support a, a woman. And okay, so like, yeah, okay, so I'm going to use the terminology for people. Simp. Imagine a simp for a girl Twitch streamer that doesn't have a cam. And you tell me that doesn't happen. Um, in, a, in a world where a girl can be on Call of Duty voice chat <laughs> and all of a sudden the guys are like, oh my God, baby. It's so hot. <laughs> anyway, um, my, my uh, analogy's go. I'm going out left field. My, my analogy is <laughs> that that's what these suitors were reminding me of because they, they never seen her. They know nothing about her. All they know is she can play this instrument well which is my equivalent for gaming. And then they can, <laughs> and then she has a nice voice. But the second he lifts off the fucking curtain and sees what he, the, the complete opposite of what he expects to see there, he freaks out and he's like, oh, sorry, I'm done. Bye. I wasn't actually in love with you. I was, I was in love with the idea. Sorry, of I'm, I've got a meeting. I need to get to. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And then to see um, her heartbroken after that. Oh. So sad. Yeah. Which so well like, animated. You didn't really. You didn't really love me. You just loved the idea, the idea of this girl that was in your head, which was this the most beautiful being ever. Which you know, and the second I mean, you didn't live up to really that. Really, it's a story about hype. You know, people hype these things up. And <laughs> a story about the tale of Kaguya, a story of hype. <laughs> you know, you hype these things up so much that they can't live up to it. <laughs> Maybe it's true. I mean, I guess yeah. yeah. Um. Just to come back to the ending again, because I don't want to point out that in a lot of ways I feel like the ending is like if I keep viewing all this in the sort of spectrum that this was supposed to be the last Ghibli film, because which would have been the death of the company. Because in a lot of ways I feel like the ending, they have to say goodbye and you can kind of read into it that being like a life lesson of accepting that eventually you have to say goodbye to everyone in life. You know, you have to, you have to accept that people move on they die they pass over whatever you have to get used to saying goodbye to people and accepting it and it's just the way of life and and, and then if this was the last ghibli film it would have been the death of the company everyone in the world in love with this company for the last whatever 20, 20 30, plus 25 years, 20, 30 years. 20 plus years uh that obsessed with studio ghibli like at, at this point in 2000 and whenever this came out 14 right whatever it was 13, um 13 whenever this came out you know like People have fucking shirts, America, the shops, you know, there's a museum, every, people are obsessed with Ghibli films. It's got like a whole culture to it. And if this was the last film, people would have had to accept and say goodbye. Studio Ghibli is done. You have to move on. As a company, we are done. I'm retired. Miyazaki's retired. You know, like it, uh, I could see that being a certain way you could have viewed it, especially more if it was actually the last one. However, mm. we do have one more movie to talk about next week. But yeah, <laughs> so it kind of ruins a lot of this. But. Um, just certain ways. It's also interesting it. in that last moment that she's taken before she is, wants to leave. Yeah, she's forced. She, they literally put the code on her yeah. that turn, like, makes no her forget choice. everything. There's no choice, no choice. when you're yeah. you done. It's all... No, she doesn't pick up the code and accept that she doesn't get to choose to Somebody say goodbye her last her. time. Someone places it on her. Yeah. Off she goes. It's fucked up. Yeah, it was <laughs> doesn't work, though. Super sad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's horrible, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's not that she dies. She just forgets everything. 
Yeah, she Does forgets she forget everything. though when she's looking? Yeah, back that's the and thing. She's yeah. That's 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 apparently what happened. Like I, I think the crying is maybe that you know she they've done it. I've seen them do it in the, the they've done it in tropes before. You know, like where they wipe someone's mind, but the characters like kind of crying because they're they're. That they may not remember, but their soul down, remembers. Deep down, they, they deep remember. down in their heart, yeah, their, their, their body's crying. Or they just anyway, feel kind of something missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their yeah. emptiness. Yeah, so I feel, yeah, I feel like it's supposed to be that. Like, not that she, the coat or whatever, magically did not work. I believe it did work. The moon people don't fuck up their. No, the moon people know technology. what they're doing. Yeah, moon people know what's up. You know, they don't, they, they don't mess around. Uh, Ash, what's your favorite character and or moment from Princess Kaguya? I mean, Kaguya is pretty great, princess. Uh, I have lots of favorite moments. It's hard to narrow it down. I, I really love the bits where she was the baby and the the all the shenanigans that were going on then. Uh, but I do enjoy. I thoroughly laughed at the first two suitors uh, getting called out for their uh, <laughs> their their attempts to uh, trick her, especially the second one who burns apparently his entire wealth. On this fake yeah. robe, hilarious! <laughs> <laughs> hilarious! <laughs> yeah, it was quite good. Kieran, uh, I think Kaguya for me. I don't think I connected very well with any of the other characters, or I, I think it was very much a piece where it centered very much on Kaguya. So yeah, there yeah. wasn't time for you to really grow connections with the other characters in the piece. I think for me, it is um, Kaguya dealing with the king. Because it's very, I like how the fact that she dealt with that herself and that she convinced him herself to leave. Like it wasn't, in those we normally go through the trope of somebody else has to come and save her or help her out or something has to step in when she she just does it herself and deals with that situation and shows a lot of strength and put in character in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two and I can't pick, so I'm just going to say both because yeah, I can sure. do what I want. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'll go with my runner-up first, which is the scene where so, she returns to her hometown at the end, and then they have the whole her and the guy, uh, Sagu- Sagatu- Sagatua, Sagatua? Sagatua? Sagamara, uh, Sagamara. Um, she she has that whole lovely scene with him. They meet up. She says that amazing line of "I would have been happy with you." which is just heartbreaking and just pure. And then they have the whole magical scene where they float around. And then once again, they break your heart shortly after that by having her just return home and him wake up and think it's all a dream, which means at the end of the movie, he's like literally gone through his whole life thinking that was a dream. And I never actually met up with her. And then last time I saw her was when I was a kid. And I mean, how messed up is it? I'll run away with you. He's got a wife and kids. Yeah, look, we're we're here for princess and princess only. Um, (laughs) So then, uh, (laughs) nobody else matters. Uh, But yeah, my favorite scene though was the when the the dad chucks the party and has all the people over, and then she's sitting in the room and all those people are asking to come see her, and then that hearing about her say them say how she's not a real princess and then they have this really rough drawn sequence mm. where she literally kind of breaks out of her own cage metaphorically and um escapes out of the uh the confines of the kingdom she palace bursts, whatever like, you want, through palace, 20 yeah, different place. doors and yeah like burst through everything and then have that the, the way it's drawn where she's kind of running down the bridge or whatever it is and all the different um cloaks and and stuff are dropping off her like literally that, that part of her life she doesn't like just disappearing and i love the way it was just they chose to draw this way super 
rough, yeah. super raw, like just to 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 really dig home how nothing in emotional a scene this is. Yeah. yeah, nothing in focus, nothing. It's just the most like literally in the background, it just looks like someone with a pencil just, you know, squiggle, 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 and all this sort of stuff. I thought this was um fantastic. That is the the the, the standout scene for me from which is weird to say because it is the least in in a movie that has the minimalistic uh color drawing you know whatever yeah. we call it water paint thing that we're, we're describing it as which at times doesn't have a lot going on anyway it's weird to then say that my favorite scene is literally one that looks like it's drawn kind of like a In a, rush, yeah. uh, a child but it's it's drawn by a really really good child you know like it's a it's really just, good child like <laughs> no it fits uh, to the top moment of the class I think it's a moment. They do that like a couple of times. I feel like they go really rough whenever she gets like super emotional. Um, The art style kind of degrades, I guess maybe is the best term. Slightly around, maybe slightly around her, but this is the one where it like fully erupts when she breaks out and stuff. So yeah, I just thought that was great use of um, combining the art to, to represent both character emotion and storytelling along that, that point in time. And, it really, really well, and also the score that kicked in at that moment was the the one moment that in the in the whole movie in particular, where I was like, "Damn, like music, son!" Like that was <laughs> really good. <laughs> like that was the one key piece of music I noticed in the whole movie. Where I was like, "Oh, fucking shit's going off here." Yeah, her playing so, yeah. was pretty good as well, especially yeah, that, that that is good. Yeah, that's I, I like to think she was fucking with the lady the entire time. Like she could do anything. <laughs> I think it's she just wanted. her magic yeah. powers where she learns stuff quickly. Yeah, isn't that like what I was think happening? So, yeah. I guess. But I like to yeah. think she was fucking with her a little bit as well. <laughs> she knew how to do it the head, entire head, time. Then head cannon. Yeah. I get down for it. Uh, so that'll do it for number twenty. Animated Wonder number twenty, the tale of Princess Kaguya. You can let us know what you thought of the film on Twitter. You can find all of us on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. Next week's film is the last studio Ghibli film it is not the last episode we will have one more after that however next week is the last film it is titled when marnie was there so make sure you watch that before next week's episode releases and we will see you here next week bye